Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Gene Ginsberg here. Welcome to another exciting episode of Listen by Gene Ginsberg. And I have a very special guest today, Aaron Davis. We've been going back and forth on this podcasting thing, and finally we got a chance to record. So I'm very, very excited about uh, talking to you today. How's it going? Yeah, it's going really well. Thanks, Gene. I really appreciate your your patience and, uh, and, and the opportunity to come and share a little bit about what I'm up to. I would love that. So first thing I always ask, just to give our audiences some context, tell us about your background so they can learn about, you know, what you're, how that relates to what you're doing now. Sure. So I am, uh, I'm Aaron. Nice to see everyone, uh, or to be seen rather. Um, I have, um, I, I, I'd like to, you know, how do I start this? Um, a life of entrepreneurship, I'd like to say. Uh, I was explaining to a, to a friend just this past week, they were asking me about my first entrepreneurship sort of experience. And, and I'd, I'd say that it was, it, I was eight or nine, I guess it was my, my grandfather um, would build these little, these wooden toys. Um, they were pretty rudimentary children's toys and we would go, he was retired and we would go to the flea market and he would take me to the flea market in Raleigh, North Carolina and um, and he it, he would give me he would rent the little booth beside his and give me an opportunity sort of stage it for me to begin to learn how to negotiate and understanding cost of goods sold and there's a rent associated with the space that we're going to use that is a prime piece of real estate for people walking through and this sort of thing and and, and I found that incredibly exciting and interesting and I really thrived on it and so. That was sort of the first one, but I, that's not where I really learned about entrepreneurship. It was through that experience. Um, I was upset. I was in Boy Scouts and I was really obsessed with the, with the outdoors and camping and this sort of thing. And so when we would get to the flea market, I would immediately go. There was a handful of, of vendors at the flea market. It's a really big flea market in Raleigh at the Raleigh fairgrounds. Um, and what I would do is I'd go to these other vendors that would sell Army Navy surplus and I would sort of take mental inventory about each one of what each one of these vendors had. And then I would do arbitrage for what they might be missing or that what they wanted. And I would make more money doing that than I would the sales of the toys. Um, but it was really sort of my, that was my entree into entrepreneurship. This is my background. I ended up doing a bunch of different things. You know, I, I, I went to school for business and I've, I've done a, a variety of different things. Uh, over the years. And so good segue to what I want to talk about today is the new piece of software, a new business SaaS software that I've built, that I built to manage my own business portfolios. I, I, I run and operate um, a, four small businesses, uh, some real estate, a service business, a, um, an intellectual property business, and now this, this, this new venture. And what I realized is that the minutiae 
what I say is minutia. All of the supporting information, not necessarily the, um, not necessarily the money, but all of the supporting information and documentation needed to run my businesses. I was having trouble administering it all of it and filing it all. And so if you've ever applied for a loan or a, a loan to buy a piece of real estate or to buy a business, they ask you for a personal financial statement. All this documentation, tax returns, insurance declaration pages, registrations, titles, deeds, leases, this all this stuff. And then references, people associated with these entities. And then you need to present that. And I just found it incredibly arduous to, to, to prepare that each and every time. Um, and in uh, and, and the administration of that, the management of that, I felt like was getting in the way of my growth. I was, my time is, was best spent going out and trying to put together a deal. Not necessarily that. If I had, you know, when I lived in LA, I knew people that, you know, were 10, 50, $100 million plus individuals and families. Once you read that, reach that sort of echelon, you might have a private family office that's helping to manage all that stuff. I'm nowhere near that. Uh, but I still felt like that my, my portfolio or my operation, as it were, necessitated some sort of, of organization. And so there wasn't anything that existed in the marketplace. I was storing everything in Excel. Um, and so I built it. And, and that has become ExecOS or Executive Operating System. It's execos.com. And um, yeah, that's what it stands to be as an organizational system for a small business owner, you know, operator um, that might be a little bit heavy with real estate to manage that process, get all that documentation dialed in, allow for the plugging in of a, an assistant or a loan broker or an attorney or a CPA to be able to have it all right there uh, and easily accessible. So um all that to say, I feel like I'm sort of an entrepreneur at heart. I enjoy building businesses and running businesses, learning about some of the challenges that exist, persevering, and and then uh, and then growing them. And I've been doing it for a while now, so I love it. I can totally relate because I'm building a house, and it's one of the things that I need is a construction loan. And of course, for construction right. loans, you need your three years of taxes, your PNL, your personal savings account, your business checking account sure. statements, you know, all of that are. And so it's been, I've had to go through that several times because it's like, okay, you submit them, then some couple months go by, then you have to go back and find those statements again, the most recent ones, because they're going to sure. ask for the most recent one. So I can absolutely relate to that. Just going through that process right now for uh, real estate and the construction loan. But I, I totally agree. Um, we, I also have so, several businesses as well. And so it's been a little bit of a challenge to try to keep everything organized and having all your documents in one place. So I think that's a really good idea. So often, Thanks. you know, businesses out there are like, oh, you know, I have one business, I'm managing that. So, you know, maybe not as much. But yeah, when you start to have multiple businesses, you have a lot of moving pieces. So yeah, and I think that there's a lot of folks out there that might have a primary business or something that sort of pays the bulk of their 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 bills, and then the astute investor would say, "Okay, I, I, it, as it begins to have success, we need to diversify, and so we're going to diversify into maybe a rental property or two, or maybe we're going to invest in another entity. Maybe I'm a part of a nonprofit or a religious organization. 
each one of those things has all of these pieces that go into it to help it run effectively. And especially at the start, it can be a bit chaotic. So any degree of, of, of organization and sort of bringing it back between the lines so that we can go out and do the things that we're good at, leave the organization to somebody who that's their ball of wax and, and we can all, you know, get on a little bit better. I love it. I, yes, I think that's a great idea. Thanks. So where's your business at now? Uh, just launched or? We're brand new. We're brand new. So, so I actually, I, I've been running my, my sort of my primary, my day job, um, exploration.io. I've been running for almost 10 years as an entertainment company. And, and it's, it's done, we've had some success with that. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, I had, I had prepared and was prepared to, to, to build, actually, I was going to build a duplex, uh, just, I live in Nashville, just outside of Nashville, it's going to build a duplex and I got everything ready and I was, I had cleared the lot and I'd put down construction gravel and had gotten a building permit and then COVID happened. And I was like, wait a second, let me take two steps back. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this thing. I don't know if we're going to rent, are people going to be, or is the zombie apocalypse upon us? I didn't know, so I just put pause. And so, um, of course, looking back now, that didn't come to pass. But what I did do is while during lockdown, I felt like, you know, this is a like the ultimate time to do spring cleaning. I'm going to do it for everything, not just my own house, but my businesses, my real estate. I'm going to I'm going to get organized right now because we there was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do apart from, in my opinion, it was like, hey, let's 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 work. And so I began to get really organized. And as I began to do that, I thought, you know, hey, I, I think that, this, that there's an opportunity to do this in a way that can scale. So I was building it for myself initially. And then as I began to share it and talk and, and get some feedback from some people that I thought might be a, a user for that, um, they're like, hey, I think you can really sell this thing. And we began to put some polish on it. And uh and so it is just now it's in it's in public beta, I would say it, it's it's available to to subscribe to. Um, but we're still working out some of the bugs. We're still adding some features and some different things. One of the things that I've been really bullish on is contracts. Right. And so over the course of 20 years in business for myself, real estate, entertainment, um, SaaS is I've, I've accumulated contracts of all kinds, whether it's a purchase contract for a piece of real estate or a lease or a move in, move out inspection, but also a, an NDA or a, a service agreement or a termination of a working agreement. So I've accumulated all these contracts, getting those edited in a way that another entrepreneur might be able to use to further their business is one of the ways I intend to grow it. Uh, I feel like you know, to, to spend a, a brand new entrepreneur that might not have as much experience isn't a, 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 to draft a contract that's three to five grand is prohibitively expensive. And right. so I felt like I've already got this thing. I paid the money right. to get it drafted. If I can provide this for free to my audience, I might be able to endear myself to them, give them something of real value. And then as, when, and if they ever were to need something like I provide, they might consider me. Right. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs 
and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. No, I had the exact same thing happen. Like I said, I was, I'm building a house and closed on the piece of land two weeks before, actually a week before COVID started. So didn't wow. know it was coming. It was like March 3rd or March 6th of 2020. Totally. And, and then after that, you know, we try to get things done, construction loan, building permits. No one's answering their phone because everyone's out of the office for the first True. two or three months of this pandemic. And I'm like, well, this is definitely going to take a little bit longer to build this house. Than, sure. So I can absolutely relate to what you were going through. It looks like, sounds like we bought the land right around the same time. <laughs> um, I had actually, fortunately, I, I guess I didn't, this was not a new acquisition. I had bought a piece of property oh, okay. that, that had a rental on it and a relatively large piece of land. And then I spent about six to eight months prior to the pandemic, uh, subdividing that property so that it could, so that I could re- develop it and in, in, right. in, do infill. Um, and so I'd, I'd tr- done that work and then was sort of monitoring the, the COVID situation um, and, and, and saw, sort of saw the writing on the wall. And, and, and again, by the second week of March, I was like, I don't think I should do this right now. I think I should just pause, you know, and take a break. Yeah, I so I guess a little bit different, but yes, yeah, it's the same, same in the sense you were, yeah, same, deal. same yeah. boat. <laughs> yeah. So that is amazing to hear because I, I was, yeah, and didn't know the pandemic was coming. Found, like Valentine's Day, found the piece of land, closed on it like three weeks later, boom, no one's answering their phone. So that was wow. pretty exciting. Um, but yes, um, I I love your, your new initiative for, and then the other thing, the other thing you mentioned, you know, contracts, you're like, yes, contracts for uh, giving, you know, selling contracts as, as a contract, but also storing contracts, right? Like overall, the businesses I've had, I've had so many contracts that I've signed with or that uh, clients have signed with totally. us, storing them in a place that makes sense and labeling them just so that, hey, three years you know, later, I can look at them and say, yeah, that was the contract I had with this client. Or this was the you know the construction loan oh, contract. So sure. <laughs> it's so uh, important to keep your documents because it's so often like, you're like, oh, that was ten years ago. I don't remember that thing, <laughs> but right. Right. Uh, important to to have that. So uh, I love the fact that you're doing this. It's I think it's very critical for especially if you have more than one business uh, to keep things all um, organized. So. Um, one question I do ask our guests is, um, you sounds like you own a lot of businesses. So what's one tool that you use that's critical in your business that you think would be helpful for our audiences? Well, th- I mean, this is, this is sort of it, you know, ExecOS has really helped me get organized such that I'm not spending so much time trying to find a contract or identify an insurance proof of insurance page or a lease or, uh, you know, there's, I've got a couple pieces, a few pieces of real estate and there's plumbers and electricians and a tax office and an inspector and all the, you know, a septic guy, but they're different people for each one because they're different properties in different parts of town. And so it's a different service provider, all the same categories. And so as I began to put this together in a, in a spreadsheet for my own purposes, I realized 
that, hey, you know, an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily need to know how to be the best filer, right? Right. They just need to, they, I, if it existed, I would gladly pay whatever they wanted to be able to go, oh, okay, this is the form, this is where I put my insurance, great. This is the, 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 the bank account number and the amount of the mortgage for that. I mean, how many times do I, I need that, that single piece of the EIN number? Where is that? You know what I mean? And just to be able to have that and easily accessible, um, it's a critical piece of, of, of software that I use on a, um, I mean, email and, and Google Docs are probably my primary daily work tools. But as far as the management, the overall management of my businesses, um, ExecOS really helps me do that. I, I, you know, I use it every other day as I'm trying to build these businesses and, and, and minister them in a way that makes sense and allows me to go out and do another deal or write a new piece of software, which is what I, what I want to do. You know, I just, for those particular things, it, it's not a big enough operation yet to substantiate having a person that's dedicated to that. So this software really helps me do that um, in an efficient way. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, last question I always like to ask is kind of a, <laughs> it's a wild card question. Um, what is your prediction for the industry? And that is, could be your specific industry or it could be self-driving cars, AI, walking on Mars. No, I mean, uh, this could be a long this could be a long conversation. <laughs> so I, I uh, you know, I um, are you familiar with a thousand true fans? Kevin Kelly? So. No. Kevin Kelly. So for folks out there that aren't aware, this has been somewhat of a of a uh, Kevin Kelly was one of the editors of the whole Earth catalog for some of the older folks out there that are familiar with that. Um, was sort of a cult classic, one of the a preeminent mail order catalog that that my parents would have subscribed to, sort of hippie. Um, he then went on. He's the, he was the editor in chief of, of Wired magazine. Okay, but I know Kevin, Kevin Kelly is his name, and he has got a, a wonderful. Uh, maybe we can get this included in the show notes. But if you do a search for a thousand true fans, the the example is that a in order to run a business that that one can make a, have a, a life out of that you don't need to be facebook with the billions of users you don't even need millions of users you need a thousand true fans and so the the analogy that he uses is that a, a, a rock band that has a thousand true fans that this is a band that if they come within 200 miles of this fan, that fan is going to pay and go see them that when they drop an album, they're going to buy it. When they have a, a piece of merch, they're going to pick it up that with a thousand true fans spending a hundred bucks a year, you can make a living. Right. And so I am approaching this new business with that sort of mentality. It's completely bootstrapped. I've turned down venture capital because I want to retain control. And do I think that I, can I, can I acquire a customer or two every day? And I'm thinking to myself, I was asking my buddy, he was like, do you think there's a thousand people out there? I think there might be, he's like, Aaron, there's a thousand people out there for everything. <laughs> I mean, look at Reddit, right? So with that in mind, my goal with this business is that it, it, I want it to be something that's sustainable. I want it to last for my life. I'm in it for the long term. I'm building it with that in mind. I appreciate this idea. Um, 
there's a there's a uh, there's a, there's some dogma in um, in businesses out of Japan where they are managing their businesses for 100, 250, 500 years down the line. And the decisions that they make to be in business for 100 or 500 years is very, very different than how to increase revenues for the next quarter's mark, you know, earnings or to satisfy a venture capitalist. And so as I think about this thing for a much longer time horizon and that my uh, total addressable market for my business is so much smaller. It's micro. It's it's in the thousands instead of the millions or hundreds of millions. That it seems like it's a much, um, it's much more attainable. I don't expect to be written up. You know, I mean, this is the first time I'm talking about this publicly. I'm honored, by the way. Thank you for having me to be able to talk about this. But I think that there's an opportunity. COVID has exacerbated this beyond beyond, in my opinion, that more and more people have gotten a flavor for working at home. They've read about and they've sort of teased and they've looked online for what are opportunities to work on the Internet. How can I I have got some sort of unique skill? Everyone does. And how might I monetize this in a unique way? And do I need do I do, do I need? $50 $50 million or venture capital billion dollar valuation? No, I just need to make a hundred grand a year and I can live my life. I can provide for my family. I can donate to my cause of choice and it's going to get, and, and if I've got the freedom and the, in the, in the autonomy of having my own business, then what a blessing. And, and so I think, you know, as a, it, to bring it back, uh, the, the prediction for the industry is I think that the world is going to move more and more toward cottage industries. Um, one of the, 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 the themes market for Shopify and for WordPress, what a cottage industry, right? Things like that, a niche inside a niche, very small, full control, built for the long-term recurring revenue, thousands of delighted customers instead of millions that we don't even know. I think that's what it's about. And I think that that's what I'm, that's what I'm sort of banking on. I am never going to have an edge over my buddy that went to Harvard business school and whose buddies work at Goldman to invest in the stock market. I'm never going to have an edge there with my own business. I can work as hard as I want. I can have a unique spin on it. I can create an edge and I can build a good business for me that is, that is strong, that is durable, that is reliable. And, and I think that that's more and more as the industry, as it were, you know, the, the, the global business world is concerned. I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah, and I'm delighted to be a part of it. I totally agree. I think we're going to see a lot more of this because of the pandemic, you know, of course, totally. some, some businesses didn't fare well. Some businesses fared very well, right? Um, Amazon's not doing so bad these days after no. the pandemic. So yeah. our, business, our business fared very well during the pandemic because businesses realize they need digital marketing and social media because they can't find customers by, you know, going to the store or like having people come to their right. store. So absolutely. It's, you know, there's always going to be winner, winners and losers in every situation, right? So uh, love it. So Great. Thanks for being here. Last question, Albers, is how do our audiences get in touch with you for next steps? 
Sure, sure. So I'd say, you know, the first thing is um, check out execos.com. It's E-X-E-C-O-S.com. Just the way it sounds, execos, like executive operating system. Uh, We're on Twitter at execos. Um, You can send me an email, aaron.davis at execos.com. And um, yeah, I just, I answer every email and we're just getting started. Every little bit of feedback is going to help. Uh, I'd love to, uh, if you put in Gene, I'll make, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a, uh, a coupon for your first year. It, it, I'm going to charge 20 bucks a month, but it, if you, if you find out about this from this podcast, I'm going to put a coupon free for a year. If the code is going to be Gene. And so if anybody wants to test it out and give it a shot, please do. Feedback is encouraged and welcome. Um, and um, yeah, I appreciate any sort of consideration. And uh, Gene, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you for being here. And I might check that out too. Put in cool. the code and check it out and give you beta test feedback. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. that's it. Thank you very that's much it. for being here. You got it.